I think it's payback for all the trouble they caused the Sunday school teachers. So last night, I hope they gave you trouble. Let's stand. This morning, we're in week three of a season of Advent, and today we'll be in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. But we're going to also consider many other portions of Scripture. Today, we're going to talk about joy, and we're going to see joy through the person and the life of Jesus. Uh, Luke chapter 2, we'll read verse 10 only, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get into the word. I promise I won't be long. I know many of us are tired, but doesn't the Lord renew our strength today? Hey, I feel the Lord's strength. I promise you he renewed it. I should be, I should be dead tired, but the Lord has given us new strength. I was up at the crack of dawn today, and I said, well, Lord, you woke me up, so I guess that means I should go to your house. Here we are. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, read it with joy and energy. Ready? Read. What did he say? Good news of some joy. A little joy. Great joy. The Savior is born in the city of David. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Blessed in every heart and life as we sit at your feet. Feed us the bread of heaven until we want no more. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the grace to apply. Anoint me, Lord, to preach it like you gave it to me. Strengthen my body, Lord, and my spirit. And we promise to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Be seated. I'm going to move quickly here. Now that we've begun the sermon, please do your best to remain seated so as to not be a distraction to others while we preach. Donald McLeod said the following. He said, a joyless life would be a sinful life. And I agree with that. I think there's something that lives on the inside of a believer that is really special, and that's the joy that comes from God. Joy is not happiness. Let's just state that right now. Joy and happiness are not the same things. Happiness is a feeling that comes, but it's temporary. It doesn't endure. And it surely doesn't give us strength. But the Bible says, praise God, that the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah chapter 8, come on, Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not only that, but the Bible says that the joy of the Lord, that there is joy in our salvation. The scripture says in Psalms, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Jesus talked about joy often, and not only did he talk about joy, but he became an example of what it means to experience and demonstrate that joy. And nobody better than Jesus than to give us an example of what our life should reflect. Now the angel in Luke chapter 2, he gives an announcement, and it's an announcement of the gospel of Jesus. The good news, and the good news was that Jesus was born. That tells us, number one, put it up there, number one, that the joy that Jesus came to bring, the joy that Jesus brings is outside abundant life of this world. Uh, you didn't hear me. The joy that comes from Jesus is not part of anything connected to this world. Therefore, here's the very simple application that I want you to take home with you this morning. Here's the application. Looking for joy in anything outside of Christ ends in emptiness. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Looking for joy. Somebody shout joy. Looking for joy in anything outside of Christ is going to lead to emptiness. I promise you, you might have been praying for that car, praying for that man, praying for that thing. And after you got it, it made you happy for a little while. 
now, but it cannot, I said it cannot, I said it cannot give you joy. Joy, hello, First Peter, joy unspeakable and full of glory comes through Jesus. It's only found in Christ. I promise you, especially during Christmas time, that if you look for joy in the lights, in the tree, in the presence, or anything else, it's going to lead to emptiness. No, we don't find joy in a thing. We find joy, come on now, from Christ. It comes from the Lord Jesus. Anything outside of that is temporary at best. But how many know that God alone is able to give you a joy, a joy, a joy that endures? There's nothing wrong. I love Christmas. How many of you love this time of year? Don't you love it? I love it because I like getting gifts. I do. So I hope you're preparing your pastor's gift already. I love Christmas for different reasons, but you have to be careful. You have to be careful that you don't find joy in the things of Christmas and that you find joy through the tradition of Christmas. There's a difference. What do you mean by that? You see, we can become, we can find joy in the lights, in the trees, and even in the gifts. Instead of recognizing what those things should be. And those are things, please hear me, that we don't have joy in, we have joy through. Well, what do you mean? See, those things point us to the reason of Christmas. And that's what gives us joy. If our joy is found in lights or trees when we no longer have those things, entonces our joy is gone. But if we allow those things to point us to the source of joy, then we can truly enjoy everything that Christmas is about. And so be careful that you're not finding or pursuing joy in a thing. You see, I shared with the first service, I have a pin, I have a lapel pin that I wear at times, and it's a piano, and it reminds me of my mother. But my joy isn't in the pin itself. If I were to ever lose or misplace that thing, and I'm liable to do it, my joy doesn't come from the pin itself. That pin represents or it points me to the source of joy, which is the memory of my mother. Are you following me this morning? And so joy isn't found in the pin. It's found in what the pin represents. Be careful that Christmas, that you don't fall in love or find joy in lights or all of the good things that are a part of Christmas. No, those things point us to the source of true joy, and that's the birth of our Messiah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, how many of you believe this morning that Jesus is God? Raise your hand if you believe he's God. If you're not raising your hand, I wish you would. Jesus is God. God manifest in the, in the flesh. The Bible says in the fullness of time that he, he, he became, please hear me, he became literally the living, breathing manifestation of God on earth. The God-man, Jesus, God in the flesh, born of the Virgin Mary. He came, please hear me, to represent who God is. Now, now that we establish that he is God, consider this. What is God like? I promise you this might surprise you. Contrary to some people's opinion, God was not sorrowful. Jesus wasn't sorrowful. He didn't walk around angry. He didn't look sour. Jesus was a man of great joy. And today, I want us to consider that this morning. Let's consider Jesus. If Jesus was a man of great joy, then why aren't we? And I want us to see in the text that if Jesus had joy, if Jesus was a man, consider this, put it up there, consider this. If Jesus was a man of unparalleled and unshakable joy, then should we not be the same? Now, I want to show you through the word of God what I mean when I say that Jesus was a man of unshakable joy. First of all, we see in the book of Mark chapter 2 that Jesus compared himself to a bridegroom. Now, think about that. How many can remember the day that you got married? Wave at me if you remember your wedding day. Let me talk to the people that have been married over 40 years. Anybody married over 40 years? Nobody's been married over 40? Oh, one. Okay. Do you remember your wedding day? 
Was it a good time? All right, brother. Thank you. His wife's sitting next to him, so he had to say that. Right. How many? Okay, let's, let's go a little. How many have been married 30 years? Do you remember your wedding day? Was it a good time? Oh, br- brother, that amen sounded really sad. Amen. All right, let, 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 little new. How about 10 years? You've been married 10 years. Wait a minute, you've been married 10 years. Okay, do you remember your wedding day? Was it a good time? This is not going well. <laughs> this ain't going like it's supposed to be going right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Let's assume then that it was a happy day. Pastor Joe, let me talk to you. Was it a happy day for you? Thank you, brother. You're the only one smiling right now. Let me just let the record say his wife is also sitting right next to him. All right? Somebody shout, Jesus had joy. We have this idea that Jesus walked around mad at everybody. That ain't the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus compared himself to a bridegroom, one that was joyful. In Mark chapter 2, he compared himself to a bridegroom. Not only that, consider secondly that Jesus' enemies, watch this now, secondly, his enemies accuse him of having too much joy. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. Don't get it twisted. For those of you that don't know me well, you might see my face. Well, why is he mad and why is he yelling at me? Everybody's first impression of Pastor Ronan is the same. I visited ALC, but the preacher looked grumpy. No, but those of you that know me well, you know that I ain't grumpy. Say amen to that. I really am. I'm not. I just look that way. Thank my father. Don't let the serious face scare you away. I promise you there's joy in my soul. I'm actually very silly if you know me well. Some of you don't know me that well, so you get the serious face. Watch what Luke says. Jesus had so much joy that they accused him. Please hear me. They accused him of being a drunkard and a glutton. Now, let's be clear. Jesus is God. He was not a drunkard or a glutton. But the way he acted was so, please hear me, it was so full of joy that they said, look at him. Watch what the Bible says. Luke chapter 7, verse 34. I want you to see it for yourself. Help me read it like you had your tamales in the morning. Ready? Read. And? Woo, I love the word of God. The Son of Man, Jesus, has come and he came what? He came eating and drinking. Ready? And you say, his enemies say what? Look at him. He's a drunkard and a glutton. He wasn't a drunkard or a glutton. That would have made him a sinner. But he acted happily and full of joy. So much so that they said, look at him. Let me just say. Saints of God who are too snobby and snooty to ever smile and have a good time, I pray that you'd be challenged and rebuked today. Consider the Lord had so much joy. Oh, I'm going to challenge you right now. The Son of God had joy even around the sinful. Oh, I'm coming for you right now because some of you think you're too holy to have. Come on now to have a slice of pizza with somebody just because they don't know the Lord yet. You need to sit down and say, you want that? Yeah, I'll have pizza with you. Let's see what you like. Pepperoni, meat lover, what do you like? I'll sit down with you. I'll break bread with you. Even though Jesus lives on the inside of man, you might not believe like I believe, but I can sure enough have joy, uh uh-oh, even in the presence of the sinner. 
Y'all can't say amen because you're like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. The Bible says, be come out from among them and be ye separate. That's what it means. It said, be ye separate. But he's talking about sanctification. He's not talking about you separating yourself from people who don't know the Lord. Consider the following. Jesus, God in the flesh, hung out, ate, and had joy around sinners. Here's the question. What's your problem then? I know some saints that are so snooty, so snobby and high-minded that they're just, oh, no, I can't, I can't be seen with the likes of him. I don't want anybody to see me with these sinners. I see people in the grocery store all the time, and they run and hide. I don't know why you're laughing. You're one of them. They see the pastor. Oh, and I see him. I mean, I, I see them do miraculous things with that shopping cart. I've seen that cart do miracles. I mean, I've seen that crooked wheel just straighten out all of a sudden. A mirac- I mean, just wow. He had so much joy. I love this. Jesus had so much joy that they accused him of being a drunkard and a glutton. Think about that. You know that he was neither of the two. And yet they said, look at him. That's how much joy he exuded. When was the last time they said, man, look at him. He's full of what? Joy. Somebody shout joy. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Oh, come on, check him out. Tell him again, neighbor. Where is your joy? Now, now look at them. Do they have joy? Just check them right now. Check, just check them, check them. Do they have joy? Are you sure? Somebody shout, Jesus had joy. That's good. So should we. Amazing. Not only that, but please hear me. Jesus taught that it was essential to have joy when you receive the kingdom. Watch on Matthew 13, 44 says, it's incredible, I love it. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field because in that field there was a treasure and that treasure brought him so much joy that he sold everything else that he had just to have that. When was the last time you were happy that you had found the kingdom of God? That you had that joy unspeakable in your soul because you had found that treasure of salvation. Jesus expected those who found the kingdom to have joy about it. When was the last time you had joy that you were saved and in the kingdom of God? Jesus expected us to have joy that way. And so in Jesus, we have two things. Number one, before you go home, in Jesus, we have an example to follow. So what do I mean by in Jesus we have an example to follow? Don't follow mine, follow his. Number one, Jesus, please hear me. What did he rejoice over? Jesus rejoiced when the lost returned. And I, this is what I want to challenge you with today, that we should rejoice in what he rejoiced about. Are you with me? Say amen if you're in the house. Here's, what, here's the goal this morning, ready? That we would rejoice over what he rejoiced about. First of all, the Bible says that he rejoiced when the lost came home. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 13, it says, and if he finds it truly, I say to you, he's talking about the law, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that went astray. Jesus rejoices when that which was lost finds its way home. When was the last time you got happy over a sinner that came back to Jesus? When was the last time we should rejoice when the lost comes home? Shout hallelujah. He rejoiced when what was lost returned. Secondly, Jesus rejoiced over the relationship that he had with his father. I love this. 
In Luke chapter 10, verse 20, watch what it says. And this is something that we should have joy over. Ready? Read. Nevertheless, oh, I need you to read it. Come on in the back. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. All right. Hold up. Wait a minute. I love it. Now, look at your Bible. If you go back for context to verse 17, this is what was going on. Give me your eyeballs for a moment. I know that's funny. I got to do it, though, because they don't pay attention. Give me your eyes. The Bible says that the disciples were joyous. The Greek says they exuded joy. They were exuberant. And they were rejoicing and they had joy, hear me, because they had power or authority over demon spirits. Follow. And so they came running. All 72 came running to Jesus, exuding joy. You have to see them in your eye. Excited because they had power and authority over demon spirits. Look at verse 17. I love the Bible. I know, I know it challenges us, but I love it. Ready? Watch this. Verse 17. Ready? Read. The 72 return how? Saying what they say, Lord. Stop. So they had joy. Why? Because they had authority or power over demon spirits. You following? Next verse, verse 18. And Jesus said to them, Y'all are reading sad already. You know how this is going to go. Come on, read it again. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19. Behold. And scorpions. And over the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Give me your attention. Stop right here. Jesus says, hey, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I've given you authority and power over demon spirits. And I, have, and I will protect you from all harm. Authority, power, and protection. Authority, power, and protection. Authority, power, and protection was given to the disciples. But Jesus says, ready? Here it is. I love the master. He says, nevertheless, don't rejoice over that. I lost you. I lost you. Watch. That's what it says. Now, here's the thing. Here's the problem with us. Ready? We rejoice over authority, power, and protection. Ooh, the church loves it. Right? The modern church loves it. If I preached on power, whoo, preach it, preach it. Authority, whoo, we love it. But Jesus says, hey, those things, as great as they are, are not what you should be joyous about. Oh, this is challenging for us. If you cast it out a devil, come on, every day of your life, I bet you'd be proud. Like, oh, man, I got power and authority. And the Lord says, all right, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I gave that to you, but that's not what you should rejoice over. Here's the application. What you do for God, I don't care if the sick are healed. I don't care if the dead are raised. I don't care how many sermons you preach. I don't care how many songs you sing. Don't rejoice over what you do for God. Rejoice about who you are in God. I'm going to rewind and say it one more time because it's good. Don't rejoice over what you do for God. Rejoice over who you are in God. 
What do you mean by that? My name is written down in heaven. Come on. You might be the best preacher on planet Earth, the best singer that there is. We might have outreaches every weekend. But don't let that be the reason why you have joy. We have joy. Why? Because our names are written in heaven. Why do I have joy today? Because the Father knows me by my name. Somebody clap your hands and give God a praise if you know your name's written in heaven. All 20, I need you to clap for real and rejoice at your name. I said your I wish I had I said your I said your name is written where? In shout hallelujah. Rejoice. Why? Not because you have authority over devils. The church loves that. Don't get joy because you can cast out a devil. Rejoice. Why? Because your name's written in heaven. Jesus said, hey, I gave you that authority. I'm going to protect you from that stuff. But don't rejoice over that. Rejoice over this. What? Your name's written in heaven. Love that. Thirdly, watch. He tells us then that he rejoiced in the spirit of God. Give me your attention. A believer that's lacking joy hasn't been in the presence of the Holy Ghost. The same portion of scripture, we're right there in Luke 10, verse 21. Watch what the Bible says. Ready, read. In that same hour. You're not reading Gongana. Ready, read. In that same hour. He what? I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. In the beginning, it tells us, ready, that he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. I told first service, and I'm telling you now, a believer that's lacking joy hasn't been in the presence of God. Because in his presence, hallelujah, the book of Psalms says, in your presence there is the fullness of joy and pleasures at your right hand forevermore. You want joy? Are you lacking joy? Get into the presence of God. It is impossible. Somebody shout impossible. Tell your neighbor it's impossible. Look them dead in the face for real now and say, neighbor, it's impossible to be in the presence of God and not have joy. How many of you can testify this morning that you came in sad, you came in heavy? You've come on, have this has this ever happened to you? You came in sick in your body, you came in worried. I'm preaching to somebody, you came in stressed out, come on, beat down. But the moment you got into the presence of the Lord, having I feel the Holy Ghost right now, heaviness was lifted off of you, a praise came out from the inside of you, and before you knew it, you had joy unspeakable and full of glory you asked God for a car he gave it to you but it didn't give you joy you got the house you wanted but it cannot give you joy you got the job and the raise and the dog and even those things cannot give you joy Happiness maybe for a little while, but joy, it's only found in God. Only found in God. You got those things that you thought were going to do it for you. You asked the Lord to send you a man, and now you got him, and look at him. Now he's lazy on the couch. 
Y'all ain't help me preach this morning. Lord, send me a baby doll. Was ahí te va. You got your baby, and he ain't a doll anymore. Are you hearing me in the house? Looking for joy outside the pursuit of joy and anything outside of Christ is going to end in frustration and emptiness. You were designed and created, please hear me, to be a vessel of joy, joy that is out of this world. Because if you find joy in anything that the world gives you, then it can lose, you can lose it when they take it from you. But the old song says, this joy, I wish I had a church, I wish I had a church here this morning. This song says, this joy, you don't look like you got it, but some of y'all do. The song says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and because the world didn't give it, then the world can't take it away. Anything the world gives can be taken, but thanks be unto God, my joy comes from Jesus. Are you in the house? Shout hallelujah. Joy comes from him. You got what you were hoping for, but look at you now. Anything that you pursue outside of God cannot give you a joy that endures. Praise God. The Bible says for the believer, weeping even may endure for the night, but there is a joy that comes for us in the morning. Your Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Your Bible says that there is joy in your salvation. Your Bible says that we can experience the fullness of joy and that joy is found in the person of Jesus I don't know what you're pursuing joy in I don't know where you hope to find it but I came to redirect somebody that's looking for joy outside of God this is your answer joy is only found in Jesus and if you found him then you found a source that is inexhaustible never ending he is that well that you can continue to draw out of Come on, not only on Sunday, but on Monday morning, on Friday night, on Saturday at noontime, and again on Sunday, there's a source of joy. Let the church say amen. I'm preaching way too hard for being tired. I am. I wore my Mr. Rogers, come on, sweater to just calm myself. I said, I'm going to wear my Mr. Rogers sweater to be calm like Mr. Rogers. And that ain't working out. We used to sing, I got a joy like a river. Well, stop yourself. I didn't say you ought to sing it. No, 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 no. See, that's where you're wrong. You see, because, because we learned this song in church, but, 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 but we, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, a spirit-filled church. So you couldn't sing it dry like that. We didn't sing, I got a joke. No, 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 no. Now, our friends who, who don't, didn't have the Holy Ghost, they sang it differently than us. Instead of doing the Pentecostal joy, they would break it up. they say, I have a joy, joy joy no the pentecostal it was one joy i said it was one joy but it was a long joy what you mean it goes like that i have a joy wait wait, wait. now here's where the pentecostal came in oh, 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 oh. 
all, all our non-spirit-filled friends were looking at us like, oh my goodness. When we were little, we had to take a breath. I got a joy. <gasps> oh. Somebody shout joy. joy. Somebody shout joy. joy. Believers should have joy. Jesus had joy. What's your problem? A master had joy. We should too. He rejoiced in the Holy Ghost. Not only that, but he endured suffering on the cross. More suffering and anguish than anybody would ever face. And ready? And for the joy that was set before him, he endured it all. And that tells us that the believer is not exempt from trial and trouble and hurt and pain and sickness. I wish you'd help me here. But there is a joy, please hear me, there is a joy that is set before us that helps us to endure. There is a joy that God gives before us to strengthen us in the middle of trial, trouble, and anguish. You see, the only reason I haven't quit right now is because of a joy that is set before me. The Bible says that there is a crown of life everlasting that awaits those who endure till the end. How do I endure through trouble, trial, hell, and hot water? Because there is a joy that is set before me. Come on, somebody. I have not yet attained it, but there is a joy that is yet before me. I wish I had a church in here. I came to encourage somebody that's going through hell right now. There is joy. There is joy. There is joy that yet awaits you. Keep on believing. Come on, help me preach it keep on praying keep on serving keep on giving keep on praising because there is a joy that is set before you that's why you can't give up you can't throw in the towel there's a joy that is ahead of you that is yet to be fulfilled somebody shout hallelujah touch your neighbor and tell them there is joy coming it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming i know you ain't got it come on but it's on the way there's joy there's joy there's joy Joy that's set before us. So Jesus is that example to follow. And lastly, he's a reason. He gives us the reason to rejoice. Stop. Pay attention. Why should I rejoice, preacher? Sell me on it. I'm not going to sell you. Consider the reasons that Jesus gives. There's at least three. That's Spanish for here it goes. Ready or not. Number one, why should you rejoice? Number one, here it is, because great is your reward in heaven. Stop. I've seen y'all get excited over 401k. There are people of this church that are nearing retirement. They say, Pastor, I only got three more years, three more years. And they do a little dance like that. You think I'm playing? I'm not joking. I got three more years, three more years, three more years for I retire. 401k, my pet, and they're happy about it. When was the last time I, I, haven't, I haven't seen any saints be like, I got joy in Jesus, joy in Jesus. Why? Because great is my reward in heaven. You're more excited about your 401k than you are about the reward that's coming. You're trying to get to your retirement. You're happy about it. When was the last time you rejoiced over the reward that's coming? Watch what Matthew 5 says. Jesus, I'm only going to give you three reasons, but Jesus here, ready? He exhorts you to rejoice. It's not a suggestion. He says, hey, rejoice over what? Number one, great is your reward. Ready? Read it like you're alive. Ready? Read. Stop, but can you try to act like you got joy? Ready? Read. Why? Oh, 
Why, 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 why have joy? Because great is our reward in heaven. Only 10 people are happy about it. Why have joy today? Because great is our reward in heaven. Pastor, I don't have a tree up yet. I ain't going to get no presents this Christmas. Rejoice. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. If you can't shout over that, then you need to get saved for real. How many are happy that great is your reward in heaven? If you believe it, shout hallelujah and give God a praise for at least 15 seconds. If you know that you have a reward with your name on it, I dare you to clap for real and give God praise. Say hallelujah. Great is my reward in heaven. I'm not expecting it here on earth. At least a disappointment, to be honest with you. I don't get the affirmation or the appreciation that I would hope to find. But yet I stand. Why? Because I know that great is my reward. Not here. You can't ever reward me or repay me. But one day, I will hear the words. And this is what's amazing about the Lord. This is what's incredible. I read a minister, he said this the other day, watch, he said, to the pastor that preaches to thousands and to the janitor who cleans the church toilet every week, if both of them remain faithful until the end, they both will hear the same words from the master. He will say, ready? He will say, great is your reward. Enter into thy rest, thy good and faithful servant the one who preaches to thousands and the one who mops when nobody's watching both i i feel the holy ghost i said both everybody wants a pulpit but you're missing the point of god everybody wants a platform but you're missing the point of god from the janitor to the pulpit if we will be faithful until the end we will hear the words great and faithful servant here is your somebody shout great is my reward Y'all don't believe it. All right, here's the second reason to rejoice. Ready? Your name is written in heaven. We already read it. Here's a reason to rejoice. Not that your name's tatted on your boyfriend's neck. Here's a reason to rejoice. Your name is written down in heaven. Shout hallelujah. Here's a third reason to rejoice. We're just being here ready. Here's a third reason ready. Because his joy is my joy. You got to see it right from the word. Here's what's amazing about the joy that we have. It's his. You don't believe that. You're like, no, it ain't. Well, if it ain't, it should be. Watch what Jesus said, John 15. Ready? Watch. He said, these things. Ready? Let's read. Ready? Read. These things I have. That my. Stop. You, ain't, you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. These things I've spoken to you. Why? So that my joy. You see, they should underline my too. Mine needs to be underlined too, so that my joy may be where? Where? In you. And that your joy may be. Oh, I feel it now. Some of y'all came in and your joy sure enough wasn't full. But you ain't leaving the same way you came in this church service. Oh, no, 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 you ain't. You came in sad and tired, but now there's joy in your soul. You ain't leaving the way you came in. Some of you came in dragging, but you're going to leave here running with the praises of God in your mouth because there's joy. 
Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you. Why? So that my joy, somebody shout his joy, may be where? In me. And then your joy will be what? Full. Not halfway. No, you see, he's an overflow kind of God. Y'all ain't here. I said he's the God of the overflow. You see, when he fills your cup, he doesn't just top it off. No, it over. Thou anoint. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thou, 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 thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runs. Ah, it runs over. I like the modern translation. My cup is overflowing. Because when God anoints you, come on with the oil, with the oil, with the oil of gladness. Your cup is going to overflow. Not only joy, but he gives you his joy. And when he gives you his joy, then your joy shall be full. I'm talking about an overflow, an abundance. Come on now, of the joy of the Lord. How many want it and receive it today by faith? Lift your hand and shout hallelujah. I dare you to lift that hand and shout hallelujah. One more time. Lift that hand and shout hallelujah. All I have the Christmas blues, not after today. He gives us his joy. Now, while I was in the office in between services, Junior, come. The Lord took me to Isaiah 53. This wasn't for first service. It's for you. Touch your neighbor and tell him here is for you. It's for you. Isaiah 53. Oh, my God. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what's about to happen. I promise you, if the Lord, I, I believe I heard him. I believe I heard the Lord. He said, I want you to read Isaiah 53 because somebody has to see this truth. Verse 4. Praise God. Isaiah 53, verse 4. He prophesies about Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the coming of the man of sorrow. Jesus is referred to as the man of sorrow only in the Old Testament, never in the New. Please hear me. But when Isaiah prophesied about the coming of the Messiah, watch what he says. This is what he would do at the cross. Mm. As I was in my office, the Lord, when he said, I want you to go to Isaiah 53, and I want you to read it to the people, and I want you to close out this way. He said, because there are many people in attendance right now that are literally carrying something that I already carried. He said, I just need, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He said, I just need you to tell them that they don't have to carry what I already bore. He already carried what you, come on, he already bore. He already bore what you're carrying right now. Your sorrow, your grief. He bore it. He bore it. I want you to see. The presence of God is moving in this house. Just worship him. Come on. God's doing that. He's about to do something.
Jesus. Mm. 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 Come on, worship him. The Lord says, repent, I'm coming soon. If you came, with, if you came bearing what Jesus has already taken, it's not the will of God that you leave carrying anymore, not a minute more, not a minute more. Isaiah 53 and 4 says, surely he has, past tense, he has borne our grief. If you're carrying grief this morning, I pray that it would be over right now, right now. Your grief and your sorrow. He took it. Please hear me. Jesus took it. Whatever grief you're carrying right now, whatever sorrow you're carrying right now, he took it already. You don't have to bear it. Why are you carrying what he already carried away? I'm talking to those of you in the back. Why carry what he already took upon himself? Real simple, church. We got to go. He said, why, 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 why carry a day longer what I already bore Oh, I took your sorrow. I took your grief. You don't have to carry it. I want you to stand all over this building. And if you're new to the church and if you're, if you're uncertain as to what's going on, the Paul talks about some of the gifts of the Spirit. And one of those gifts is the word of tongues and interpretation to come. It's when God speaks to his people through that gift of tongues. And that's what's gone on today. Doesn't matter how long or short it is here. Come on now. He said, repent, I'm coming. So let's turn our heart to God. Whatever you're carrying. Won't you come and say, I lay it down today. Before we go, I want you now, listen carefully. If you're carrying that grief and that sorrow, and you know who you are, I think there are many. The Lord says, I already took it. I took it. I took it. I took it. So this is not a hard thing. Please hear me. You don't have to beg him this morning. You don't have to beg him. He already took it. He said, come unto me, all you who are tired and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Why? Because he already took that grief and sorrow. He already took it. So if that's you and you know who you are, the altar's open. Come, don't delay. Our time is short. Step out of your chair. Run. Come. Come quickly to the altar. Come quickly. You know who you are. Carrying grief, sorrow. Come. Come. Don't be ashamed. You don't need to look around. Don't want. You, come on. Be brave about it. Come. If you're carrying grief this morning, you're carrying sorrow this morning, come. 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 You're about to be delivered from He's about to. It's, gonna, it's about to be lifted off of you. I mean, I mean, supernaturally, it's about to come off. Wow. Whew. Wow, God. Wow. Yeah, now minister, brother. Now, now, now come. Hallelujah. The altar's open. I'm going to give you a minute more. Come. If you're carrying grief and sorrow, I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. He already took it. You don't have to carry it anymore. My God. There it is. He's already taken it. Those of you that came to the altar, he's already taken it. He's already taken you, see? You're about to leave this place with joy in your soul. Joy you haven't had in a long time. Hallelujah. 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 Just lay it down. Just lay it down. Lay it down and expect him to give you joy. Joy. He gives us beauty for ashes. Hallelujah. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That heaviness is going and he's about to give you a garment of praise. Don't be ashamed to thank him now. As he lifts that bird and lay it down, as you lay it down, he's going to give you joy.
Joy, real joy, real joy, real joy, real joy, real joy, real joy. Will you lift those hands? We're about to go home all over the sanctuary from the front to back. Will you thank him? Will you praise him? Come on, this is a holy moment for us now. Hallelujah, this is a holy moment for us now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank the Lord. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for joy. Thank him for joy. Thank him for joy. 